This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. When election time comes around, we have a lot of choices about what we're going to do. The first choice, and I think the choice that the most people choose, is to do nothing and just wait until other people decide our fate. Other people decide how much money we're going to make. Other people decide where we're going to live how we're going to live and how much taxes we're going to pay and whether or not we're going to have economic development. All the things that get decided by governments are decided first in the elections. So do nothing. That's a choice you have. Now, some people would say they don't have anything to apply to the elections anyway. But all of us who work for a living we have 30 minutes we could donate to handing out somebody's leaflets or knocking on doors for somebody or making phone calls. We have a half an hour and maybe even a whole hour during an election cycle. And a couple of bucks. We could donate a couple of bucks here or there. Most of us don't. Most of us do nothing. And frankly, that's the way the people that run our country want it because they want to be the ones to determine what happens in our elections. Another thing you might do with your 30 minutes and your couple of bucks is apply your time and resources to a candidate. Maybe just pick one you like. You could do that. You could also apply your time and resources a little more broadly to a political party or to some political organization. For example, your neighborhood association. They'd like to have you help, but that's not the best choice. The best choice is to apply your time and resources to labor campaigns for working families. Assuming that you're in a working family, and nearly all of us are, the labor campaigns are the ones that try to do the most. Now, there's a downside to working with labor. There's no question about there being a downside. The big downside about working with labor as opposed to working with some other organization or a candidate, the big downside is government restrictions. The government restrains labor more than anybody else. Just for example, and I could go on and on with these examples, but just one example. Unions can't give money to candidates. You'd think they could, but they don't. They can't. If they want to give money to a candidate, they have to hold a raffle or a bake sale or a yard sale or something like that to get some kind of extra money. They can't just spend the money that the members pool together to make the union work because the government has restricted them and will not let them. Another major, big, big restriction that a lot of people don't realize is that unions cannot campaign for a candidate to the public. They can go to the public and say, please vote. In fact, we do that here in Dallas. We have early vote rallies and other kinds of get out the vote efforts just to try to get everybody to vote. But we can't go and say, 
vote for Joe Blow for mayor. We can't, no matter how much we love Joe Blow, we cannot buy a billboard that says vote for Joe Blow for mayor because unions are restricted, heavily restricted by the government and for good reason because if unions were able to participate in elections fully, they would be a very, very powerful voice because working families constitute a large part, an overwhelming majority of the population. So unions have been tamped down and restricted by the people who run our government. But I want to talk about the upside of working with labor. And the upside is very, very significant. For one thing, labor doesn't just in secret decide who they're going to work for. Candidates are researched very carefully. Candidate selection is rigorous. And most of all, it's democratic. If the members want to know, how did we pick this or that candidate? We have detailed research and a very democratic process before any of them are endorsed. Here in Dallas, for example, the AFL-CIO puts out a long questionnaire that any candidate who wants to be considered for endorsement has to fill out that questionnaire. They have to commit themselves to things like, are you going to stand with us when we ask for higher wages? Are you going to stand with us when we ask for rest breaks? Are you going to stand with us when we ask for water breaks for construction workers? And they have to answer those questions before they're even considered. When they are considered, then they have to actually face ordinary rank-and-file union members who get to ask them very hard questions about what they're going to do if they get elected. Are you going to stand with us on uh, merit pay? Or are, we going to, are you going to stand with us on dignity on the job? Are you going to stand with us against racism and for equal treatment for all workers? Those are big questions, and sometimes the candidates falter because they don't really even understand politics from the point of view of working people. The working families' representatives, the representatives of unions, make a final decision, and these are democratically elected representatives, they make a final decision as to which candidates are going to be the best for working families. And this process, I want to emphasize again, is democratic. It's not done in secret, like most American politics is done. But that's not the main reason why I think working for the unions is a better choice when you're doing election work. The main reason is because when you build the labor movement, you are building for the future, especially because Elections are not the only kind of politics. A lot of people think elections and politics both mean the same thing, but that's not true. Elections are only one part of politics, and possibly not even the main part of politics. Let's take, for example, lobbying. Labor lobbies. Down in Austin right now, while 
the Texas legislature is meeting, labor has representatives down there meeting every morning, going over all the bills, sending out communications about all the bills so that their members will know and their members will be able to talk to their own representatives. Then those same people down in Austin, after they go over all the bills, they head for the state capitol and represent working families talking to the uh, representatives. And I would like to point out, they are just about the only ones that are doing this on behalf of working families. Because when you think lobbyists, what do you think? You think of some big corporate lobbyist with his pockets full of money trying to get some special privilege for their own owners. But labor has a lobby, and you should be very glad. Another thing that's another part of politics that's not elections is strikes, organizing drives, boycotts, the ways that working families can make their presence felt and make their demands met in America by organizing. If you want to define politics in a larger sense, it's people getting organized to get what they want. Most of the people that get organized to get what they want are in big business, but there are people in the labor movement organized to get what you want. So that's why building for the future, that's why I work for union efforts in election drives, and I highly recommend it. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.